And I know that relates to a lot of men. They need put back on a mission in life because they're lost right now. And like most men, they're not going to, they're not going to feel it in their soul. And they need to, if they're lost, they have to feel in their soul. They're never going to find themselves again. Hello there and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. This is the My Future Business Show. As always, it's an absolute pleasure being your host and having you here. And if it's your first time with us today, I have somebody very special lined up. I'm on the line with Mr. Kyle Perry. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Thank you, sir. Absolutely a pleasure to have Excited you here. To be here. And today we're going to be obviously talking about uh, mindset, fitness and nutrition and your work as a coach in those fields and uh, uh, your background as a Marine Corps veteran. And we're going to be talking about how to successfully build your mind and muscle without actually ever needing to join the military, which is, I guess, fortunate with, in a lot of people's minds and how to overcome vices, reignite your power and live your best life. But uh, it's customary for us, Kyle, before we do any of that is to learn a little bit about you. So where are you calling in from today? So I'm from a place called Mansfield, Ohio. It's a small town. It's a city, but it's in between two major, bigger cities. So um, that's why I always tell people it's not your environment, it's your mindset. You're not a product of your environment because if I was a product of my environment, I'd be uh, dead or in prison like most of my friends. So. Ah, yes, absolutely. Now, look, has that been somewhere you've lived all your life or did you? are you transient? Did you move there or what? So I, I was born here, and then I moved, obviously, when I was in the Marine Corps, and we're actually planning on moving to Miami, Florida in the next couple months. Um, right. We finally just want to get our kids out of here. But, yeah, I was born raised here. Um, my family moved up here from Kentucky before I was born. There's a really big uh, steel mill here, and yep. the railroad's really big here. So a lot of my family, a lot of people from Kentucky integrated here. So I lived in this little city called, it's actually called Little Kentucky, and the outskirts of Mansfield. So. Fantastic. Look, I love uh, taking a bit of a, a deep dive into people's backgrounds before we jump into the core of the court. It's always very interesting because we know one thing's for sure and certain. Every individual is truly that. The individual, they've got their own stories. So thank you very much for sharing. Now, Kyle, I'm wondering, what do you do in your pastime? Do you have any hobbies? What do you like to do? So I really, I'm just, I'm obsessed with working. Um, before I just went off in the mindset and coaching, I yep. was, uh, I climbed the corporate ladder. I was one of the youngest plant managers on paper for a chemical plant um, that did like phosphates and lubricants and stuff like that. So I've just, I've always been a hard worker, even though I didn't have my life together. Like I would party all night and act crazy and I'd get up and not work anymore. Like yep. Work has always been my hobby. And then hanging out with my kids and teaching them just to have like a, a positive spin on life is really the only thing I do. I, I, I don't really do much fun. Too much things, else. To no, well, look, uh, being a father myself, we, we we both know for sure and certain there's not a great deal much more time to <laughs> do much else anyway. Now, I'd love for to, sure. I guess, touch a little bit on, on the family a little bit later on. But uh, before we do any of that, do you have any, like, um, you know, movies and or do you like music? Do you have any sort of interest in those sorts of things? So I listen to a lot of uh, rap music. Music is, like, my favourite secondary thing to do besides listen to podcasts because mm -hmm. it's not really so much the music it's the success and the motivation and the grindstone that they came from like yep. most of those people and that kind of music background came from a very hard life and now they're living an extravagant life and they fix their lives and they're helping their families so i look at the success behind it and that motivates me so i listen to music like that in the gym and that's what pushes me to the next level a lot it's funny you should say that because there's a lot of stories that get revealed and a lot of belief systems that get revealed there's an independent artist in the states right now his face is covered in tattoos i absolutely love what he's on about what he's talking about and i think they uh, in many respects might align with 
with uh, some of the beliefs that we, we could touch on a little bit later on. Now, tell me, um, I love pets. I've got Rottweilers. Do you love pets? Do you have a family pet? Uh, so I have three. Um, my first dog I ever had was a Yorkie, so everyone used to make fun of me because I was this big buff, bald <laughs> marine walking on base. And then I ended up getting a pit bull, and she's nicer than my Yorkie. And then uh, last year, a year and a half ago, I got a Husky, and she's like the craziest dog I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, wow. Now, I, I, Huskies are known for being um, very hard to train. Did you find that? Oh, she she is so bullheaded. I've bailed her out of uh, the dog pound a couple times. She runs away. She attacks animals. She's obsessed with uh, rabbits. She finds a rabbit like every other she day. Do it. I, she's been sprayed by a skunk twice in the last uh, six weeks. So. Oh, wow. No, she's she's into it, that's for sure. But yeah. I, I actually saw your logo with the gorilla on it, and it got me to thinking, if you could be one animal in your, you know, if you could be one animal, what would that be, do you think? Oh, a gorilla. That's it would it be a gorilla? Yeah, yeah, that's why I made it my logo. I'm I'm actually super fascinated with the animal world. Just in general, I love the animals. Yeah, I think it's too. because they're so much better than most humans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, my dog doesn't ever get, like, he doesn't ever do anything bad or behind my back. No, well, look, that, and you can rely on them, can't you? It's, it's funny. Exactly. I saw a, uh, a silverback in a video recently, Kyle, and uh, it was when a young child, young boy, fell into the pen, and you and you would have thought this thing would have ripped him apart, but it actually looked after him. I'm not sure if you've ever mm. seen that. Animal, I have. They get super protect, protective, actually. The animal kingdom is a very surprising one, and I think we certainly have a lot to learn from them. Now, going back over your own childhood when you were growing up, what, what do you remember about about it do you have any fond memories and and what's one that you might be able to share with us so my my uh childhood it was kind of basic and boring um mm. you know my dad was working on the railroad so obviously i didn't see him much so i mean my my parents had me by accident my brothers and sisters are way older than me so i was like the only child in the house even though i had siblings and i lived out in the country for a while before i moved back to the city so i really just uh hid away in my room i was like a prisoner almost uh, <laughs> I've always been a person that like, I just like I'm a hobbit almost. I mean, I'm there for a while I would venture out, but I really just uh, I didn't do much. And then like that kind of forced me to get into a lot of trouble, though, when I turned 18, I had all the freedoms in the world. So it kind of like went backwards in plan that my parents had because my brother had he was a two time felon. So he got in a lot of trouble. Yeah, so they tried to like shelter me, but it actually made it worse because when I turned 18, I just went like absolutely ballistic. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. I know a few people of that uh, ilk, if you could call it that, and they are good people. They've just made some pretty pretty shitty decisions along the way, haven't they? Yeah, and I'm I'm a big believer in like God walked among sinners. So like I, I my whole point is trying to improve people, but I don't shame them for what they do because no. I know I'm not I'm not a perfect person. If you dug into my past, I'd get canceled every day. On <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, especially, which I've been cancelled before. Yeah, especially nowadays, there seems to be a lot of that going around. I might get your feedback yeah. on that in a little while. Now, <laughs> you talked about your father just briefly. I always think about you know, regardless of our upbringing, um, I had somebody that I looked to for some advice, some guidance, even if I didn't know them directly. Did you ever have anybody like that in your life, Cole? So I have a mentor, and mm. I didn't really believe in mentors until the last couple of years. My mentor is Wes Watson. He's a very very big uh, fitness influencer, motivational speaker. He's on a lot of stages now. Um, I'm actually, I got his book right here. It's always Fantastic. beside me. It's um, his book is non-negotiable. Ten years incarcerated, created an unbreakable mindset. Mm. He spent ten years in prison over uh, almost a manslaughter charge and a couple other things that he had did in his past life because he was from California. Yeah. And within four years of getting out of prison, he now makes three million dollars a month. So he's wow. also an example of you are not a product of your environment, but of your mindset. 
Yeah, it's funny how that all ties back in, isn't it? Now, I know that you have a very strong mindset uh, in terms of, you know, the way you go about your business, the way you um, are a father to your children and, you know, husband to your wife. Uh, I'm wondering, what's a daily routine look like for your family and yourself? Are you an early riser? Yeah, if anyone watches my Instagram, you will see my life is probably the most disciplined life that you could ever fathom. Oh, yes. And like most people will message me and they're like, how do you do that every day? <laughs> and um, if I didn't do it, man, I'd be dead or in prison. Because yep. I have I have such an extreme mindset and I get bored so very easily. If I don't stick on a path correctly, I will like be drunk in the middle of an alley. Like I was making like, before I got my life back together, man, I was making like $100,000 still yep. getting, like, getting shot at at the bar, getting in fist fights and like, I, I have to do that. So I get up at 4.30. I, like, if you watch my story, I film my, my morning content. I do a little bit of my supplement showing. I drop down, do my burpees, and I go on an hour-long run with a 45-pound pack. Yep. And then I, I make my first meal, and then I do two workouts a day. I read, I read something, I highlight it, and then I talk about it to my people that watch my Instagram, yep. and then I make a motivational post. And you will never see me miss any of those. My life is that dedicated seven days a week. Now tell me, where did this discipline come from? The military, do you think? It did for a while, and then I lost that. Like I, I, when I started drinking a lot when I had first got out because like you drink all the time in the military, so it's yeah. like second nature to when you get stressed out. So I actually stopped all my discipline for like a year. I, I, I was like two hundred and seventy pounds. I didn't do I didn't do fitness training anymore. I kind of fell off the beaten path, and um, the day I decided like. I find no purpose in this corporate life anymore. I started my discipline. I started personal development and I just, I fully indulged back into like, listen, as super motivational speakers like Andy Frisella, Wes Watson and my let, yep. um, just big people like that. I just went to a thing called a sit down at the Boston in Boston. Eric Spofford was there. Wes Watson, Mike Rashid, Andy Frisella, Birdman was there. I got yep. to meet Birdman. And like just things like that is like what I actually like. If I guess that would be my hobby now. Like if if you ask me what my hobby yeah. was, just networking with people that can actually push you to the next level in life. Really. And what have you found by uh, I guess mingling with these types of people, these leaders? Are they very much like you and I? Yeah, they're very. Most of them. Because like if you talk to someone that's been successful for a really long time, they say they don't have discipline or like they don't have a routine. But they did have a routine. That's what got them where they were. They're really routine. Like they have a strict schedule that they stick to, a bedtime, uh, eating habit, the mindset. It's like once you realize that's the path, almost everyone's on that path. And it's not even we're not setting it. Like I believe that. Like a lot of us are uh, vessels of God, and He's pushing you to the point. Like like none of us are speaking from ourselves when we get in the flow state. We're speaking on things that we feel the vibrations in the room and we're trying to get it out and like impact more people yeah that's great feedback thank you so very much loving this call call now i i know you've just touched on diet very briefly i'm very interested very curious as to know um what's your diet what do you what do you like to consume i eat a 90 percent of the stuff almost the same thing every day my morning consists of um oats with yep. uh, frozen fruit and then i do almond milk no specific reason i do almond milk it's just lower in calories yep and then um i'll have a protein shake that i mix into the um oats that's my breakfast so tastes really good it almost tastes like candy but you're getting a lot of nutrients a lot of fibers a lot of micronutrients my breakfast or i mean my lunch i normally split it up in two 
because yep. uh, I try to get protein every four to five hours for muscle protein synthesis. I'll yep. have a protein bar and a protein shake again before I have my real lunch. My real lunch will consist of some kind of seasoned chicken. You don't have to do the whole bland chicken and like bland green beans like people think. You can have seasonings. Yep. Um, and then my dinner, it normally consists of a beef or a chicken or a, I like fish. I really like fish and mm-hmm. some kind of asparagus. And I mean, if, if I have enough calories, I'll fit a dessert in with my kids because I believe that, I mean, your kids don't have to eat perfect when they're growing up because none of us did. So, I mean, if I want to have, uh, you know, a hundred calorie ice cream bar, if I want to sit down and enjoy something with my kids, I will. I'm still big on flexibility, even though I'm big on nutrition, because at the end of the day, if you can't stick to it, it doesn't matter what that science book says. And that's why diets fail. People try to take it too literal and then they go off the bandwagon and binge. That's fantastic feedback. Thank you so very much. Now I know that you are very active. Do you ever find time just to slow down and do, do nothing all at once for a while? So my body kind of does it on its own. I push myself to the boundary sometimes. Like I only sleep like I lined up like almost 30 podcasts in the next 30 days plus everything else I'm doing. So like I've always been the person that pushed the boundary. So one day I'll go to sleep, dude. And like even though I have an alarm, I'll sleep 12 hours. Like my body will finally just give up on itself because I've only been sleeping like three or four or five hours a night, which I know is not perfect for muscle building or health. But when you're on a journey and like, you're actually chasing your purpose. Sometimes, like you just don't, you don't even want to sleep because you got so many things you want to accomplish. Yeah, just as a segue, um, any podcasters listening to the show today, if you're uh, interested in having Kyle on your show, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you'd be interested. So make sure to contact him via the link that we're going to be making available after this post. Now, tell me, what was your first ever experience as an entrepreneur outside of the corporate world? What did you? When did you decide that this was the right path for you? And what was it about? So I started my fitness business when I was in the Marine Corps, but a fitness business is a very hard thing to sell because nobody really likes a super overly positive person on the internet. Like you get a lot of hate, you get a lot of, uh, oh, it's not that easy. Like, oh, they tell you to shut up and then you get a lot of trolls. So um, as I was growing my business, I helped my friends. This is the probably the biggest mistake that I ever made in my life and I would probably never do it again. Mm. As I, I tried to open up two separate businesses with people I grew up with, but like if they're not on the same wavelength as you, it's just monkeys in a barrel. And it's nothing against them. We just weren't on the same wave at the same time. And uh, we had different trajectories. And I was the only one with, like, the the credit score, the money, and the, uh, the motivation to actually do a lot. So, like, they were not fronting all of it. So, like, uh, with one business, I, I gave my friend a $30,000 loan. He was supposed to pay me back in six months. It took almost two years. He was making uh, small payments on it, but then buying RVs for himself and stuff uh, like that. Oh, so uh, good I, I learned the hard way that you can't bring everyone up with you. They're just not on the same life path, with you, which is fine. Everyone's on their own life path, but you can't let them bring you backwards. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, how, how powerful do you think lessons are? And, you know, in, in the big scheme of things, what, what, what are some of the lessons, life lessons that do you think are going to be important for you to share with uh, the younger generations, maybe even your children? I think if anything, if anyone's young listening to this, start now. So many people will tell you like you don't have enough experience to do whatever you're going to do, but you can't get the experience unless you do it. Like, what society is weird what, to me about society is like from a young age they tell you to do whatever your heart tells you and believe. Like, if you want to be an astronaut, be an astronaut. And as soon as you turn 18, they're like, hey, you're not going to do that. You're going to go work in this factory and don't chase your dreams. You need to get a real job. So, like, we tell these kids to live their dreams their whole lives. And as soon as they turn 18, we're like, nope, don't do that. Go do a corporate job. 
Yeah, I, I don't think the educational institutions are set up for real life, are they? What do you think about education and uh, do you think the, the wheels of uh, knowledge start spinning once you leave school? So I have an extreme amount of uh, certifications, but I only did it because the Marine Corps paid for it because when you're a veteran, you get free school. Yeah. Like I have a Six Sigma Black Belt project management, agile, scrum, human resourcing, two years of financial management, plus six uh, fitness certifications. Mm -hmm. um, I think knowledge is power, but I also think that you shouldn't go out and get into an, a tremendous amount of debt to where you owe the government and you live paycheck to paycheck just for that job. So if you don't have a free way to go to do it, I think you should finance it yourself like get one certification then get a better job save the money get another certification get a better job and climb your climb the ranks that way because debt when it comes to college debt is like one of the biggest reasons for people to ruin their whole financial literacy for the rest of their lives absolutely now i know a lot of people uh go down the corporate path and they're happy being employees but others like myself i can't stand the idea and there's a lot a movement by a lot of people going to you know small business and solopreneurs i guess you'd call it how did it feel for you when you made that decision was it risky did you did was there a fear at all and how did you overcome those feelings so I, I, Wes is my mentor, so I hired him as a business coach, and he was already helping my business do better. But I would just, I just went all in one day, man. I texted my wife. I'm like, hey, I'm about to send this email out. Damn. And, like, keep in mind, like, my corporate job paid a lot of money. Most people would kill to have that job. But, like, if it's not making you happy and it's not your purpose, it doesn't matter. Like, people that have money, when they say money isn't everything, and the people that haven't been there yet, they're like, yeah, right, you're an idiot. Like, you're just saying that because you have money. <laughs> It's really not anything like if you're not happy, it doesn't matter how much money you make. And at the end of the day, if you're not like a multi-level millionaire, making six figures isn't as impressive as you think it is after it gets ate up by taxes and everything else. Yeah, it's, it's not what you make. It's what you keep, isn't it? It's what you keep. So like people like they want this job, like all these people started applying for my job once I left it. And I'm like, dude, I don't think you realize it doesn't pay as much as you think it does. Mm -hmm. And the job you're at right now the middle level is the best level to be because there's less stress but you still have enough money to where you can invest in yourself and then move up somewhere else now i just want to jump back to the book that you were reading do you like audio books as well do you, is that or is that the modus operandi or do you just prefer hardbacks so i will listen to audio books but i don't get the same feeling as when i actually put my my hand to the paper right. um i just just something about reading the words that somebody else wrote and when they're meaningful about it, like you can feel the book. Same thing with like, when I make notes, I still like, I have a pad right here. Mm -hmm. Like I still put met like a pen to a piece of paper because it puts, instead of typing on your phone, I don't, I don't know if there's any real science behind it, but I like manifest words on the paper. Like I act like I'm six years in the future and I write, like I'm right there right now. Like I write how it feels to be in that car. I write how it feels to be that successful or how it feels to be that fit or how it feels to like raise my kids when they're X amount of years old. And like I've been doing that for the last couple of years and it's like projecting my life so much further. I just think uh, when you actually physically touch something, it just does something different to your mindset. You, that is very, very wise because I always talk about the power of pen over a keyboard and you've just hit the nail on the head. Thank you so very much. Now, tell us what it was like to actually serve in the military. How long were you in the military? What was your rank? What was your role and those sorts of things? Just for a bit of context. So it absolutely sucks. They treat you horrible, but it will change your life. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, they call it embracing the suck. So I got out as a corporal. I was getting ready to pick up sergeant. 
The cutting mm-hmm. score was really high in my MOS. So the way it works when it comes to getting promoted in the Marine Corps is depending on how many are at the next rank is how high or low your cutting score goes. So, ah, like, yeah, yeah, your performance has to do a little bit. But if there's, like, too many sergeants, they'll bump up your cutting score by 150 points. And 150 points could be five, six quarters. So depending on when you came in is kind of how fast you get promoted. I was pretty close to picking up sergeant. Uh, a lot of my friends are, like, gunnies now They like because I've been out since 2017. So they're, they're E7s. I got out as an E4. A lot of my friends stayed in. It's it's a good experience. You build a lot of camaraderie. I actually just went and saw one of my really good friends that I was in the Marine Corps with, and my other like best friend, like right now, he left the Marine Corps. We got out together, then he came. Uh, he became a Green Beret. He's about to get out in February, and we're going to do some big things with helping veterans get sober. So uh, it's really great for building relationships, networking. Uh, but you just don't get treated the greatest. You'll clean toilets for the first two years of your life. Oh, yeah. Well, look, I absolutely love this story. I've had a few uh, veterans on the show, and I always get the same sense that there's that camaraderie and that there's also a bit of a, I guess, a a falling uh, out to the side a little bit in terms of the exposure, the things you must see for you to, I guess, uh, start drinking and others who get into drugs and putting on weight and life falls apart a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that. So I, when I was in the Marine Corps, I didn't see anything crazy, but it's such an extreme lifestyle and you're so used to the aggressiveness and like the people around you. Mm. When you get out, you just don't relate to anyone, especially like only less than 1% of the entire world ever becomes a Marine. So like to even like think people are going to understand your mindset or your dark humor or your aggressiveness, like they're not going to because they didn't, they didn't go through that for four years with when you were embracing that with everyone else, when you're out in the field for six, eight weeks, freezing your rifle, freezing to your plaque and your friends are still joking with you. They just, they didn't experience that. And that's fine. Like, and it makes sense that they don't understand it, but that's where a lot of veterans get lost. Cause they like, they try to talk to their friends and their friends are like, I just, they don't relate to it. No. Yeah, no, that's wonderful feedback. Now, you obviously went through a stage there where you chucked on a heap of weight and then you lost over 100 pounds. Tell us a bit about how that all came about. So it was from drinking. That's how I gained the weight. And, I, like, yep. and you know the corporate world is just as bad as the military, actually. like They, they, they eat about everything. They drink about every celebration, <laughs> every work party. Like yep. You're getting dropped. And I worked for a German company. They are very friendly on buying drinks at parties when they have uh, like your quarterly town halls feeding you like amazing food so like i just you know i i got canceled long story short i got canceled on tiktok i didn't want to lose my job so i just was like Mm -hmm. i'm just going to go all into the corporate world and i smashed it i'm the type of person no matter what i do i will succeed at it well i can also succeed at drinking a lot so like when i was doing really good at the corporate world i'm like i'm doing really good i'm gonna go out and celebrate tonight and like before you know it when you're in hyperspeed and you're in flow state no matter what you don't really realize what you're putting your body through and like I was still working out every day and I was super strong and I was using the excuses. Oh, I'm just balking. I'm just balking. I'm just balking. Yep. And, uh, that was my excuse for like, I don't know, about a year and a half. And then all of a sudden I'm almost 280 pounds. And wow. I'm like, um, I need to fix this. I'm not, I was, I, I've never been a depressed person, but I'm just like, I just don't feel like there's any purpose to my life currently. Like, and like most people, when they make good money, they're like, I, that I, I made it, but I, I just like, I need to reverse everything I did and do something different. I'm trying to understand the timeline here. Did you have kids at that stage or was were they a part of your motivation or was that prior to them coming along? Yeah, so, I mean, my son, he's um, 12 this year. So I've had kids even when I was in the Marine Corps. So I had kids yeah. when I was becoming, like, drinking a lot, when I was going through all that. Um, and my kids have always been a really big deciding factor on just motivation in general. I want them to have a life 
like I don't understand society when they're like, oh my god, like his parents bought that, uh, like, and then they hate on the kids. Like, you should be mad at your parents that your parents didn't work hard enough to buy you a BMW or whatever. Yeah. It is. You shouldn't be mad at that that kid because his parents outworked your parents. Yeah. You should be mad at your parents. Yeah, no, that's wonderful feedback. You're certainly a, a wonderful role model. You're doing all the right things. I've I had a look at through your Instagram feed. I love it. There's so many great photos. You guys having fun. Uh, you guys working out in front of the vehicle there, getting in the, onto the driveway. Give me some push-ups. Yeah. Give them to me now. It's wonderful. Yeah. Do, how do you think your kids are seeing their dad at the moment? Do you know that they look up to you, do you think? Yeah, I'm. so I, I write this a lot on my stories. If you read my post, it's... Mm -hmm. uh, be the hero that your kids think you are when they're younger. Don't let them realize you weren't the hero when they get older. I know a lot of us, when we get older, you're like, damn, my parents really didn't have it together. I want my kids, when they're like 16 and 17, like, my dad had everything together. He was really teaching us exactly the embodiment of being a better person, being a hard worker. And I want them to have the core values. Like, when they turn 18, if they don't want to go to college, I mm -hmm. want them to have the mindset that they can be the most successful entrepreneur on the planet if they just hit the grindstone. Yeah, absolutely great feedback. Now, you talk about, uh, in your write-up, becoming uh, your goal to be uh, become a drill instructor. What is the role of a drill instructor in, in your line of work? So pretty much like when you're in the Marine Corps, you, you, the drill instructor is the first person that, hits, uh, that you hit when you get to boot camp. And that's what I want to be for people in their lives so they can experience that in their pocket so like i have an app and i train people like if i i can see if they miss their workout they miss their nutrition or whatever uh -huh. and i'll be like i'll be like hey you need to do this right now like i don't know why you're not doing it but you don't want to be fat and sloppy for the rest of your life like i feel like if you coddle people they'll never listen like i mean you see my instagram it's a pretty extreme lifestyle that i preach oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, i cuss at people i tell them like uh, if you're a man i'm like hey you have titties man you need to fix it because <laughs> i know what i know what it took to fix me and i know i needed that aggressiveness and I know that relates to a lot of men. They need put back on a mission in life because they're lost right now. And like most men, unless they're talked down to, they're not gonna they're not gonna feel it in their soul. And they need to if they're lost. They have to feel in their soul. They're never gonna find themselves again. I think we need more men like you to be men like you because there are lots of parameters in the world that we live in now. I don't know, early on in my life, I certainly didn't have to worry about all this rubbish coming out on social media nowadays. What do you think uh, social media has to be responsible for that maybe you would change? Uh, social media has to do with everything that we're going through right now. Mm. Uh, it gave, sound kind of egotistical but it gave people voices that don't deserve to have voices those mm. same people that say the things that they say to like my face would never say it in person they would no. only say it on the internet they wouldn't say it to you know like wes or they wouldn't say it to like andy or they wouldn't say it to you or like like they would not come up to a high value man and be like hey it doesn't matter about fitness you're a dumbass they're not going to yeah. do that there's no way without the internet these people would be acting like this but we coddle to them they're like the one percent but instead, we like don't want to offend them, so we change the world to them versus us. Mm, yeah, there needs to be a cutoff point, doesn't there? I think there has to be a point in time. Now, tell us a there little bit about to. tell us a little bit about the one thing that you've learned about yourself that everyone can learn from up until this point. Just one. Thing. So, the thing I learned about myself is I'm, I'm I have a very addictive personality, and that's how, why I focus my life the way I focus my life. So. Most people can't self-assess. So I self-assess and I realize I have an addictive personality. So I just made myself addicted to business, entrepreneurship, and personal development. And that's how I stay on the path of like being more successful. That's how I made my business. You know, I make 
five figures a month off my business plus helping people get sober because I could self-assess. So mm. I just realized I had an addictive personality and I made myself addicted to what I needed it to be addicted to so that way I couldn't fall off of it. I'm curious, as a human being, um, I, I don't know if it applies to absolutely everyone, but most people I've met, Cole, have down days. If you have a down day, do you have down days? And if you do, what do you do when you just want to pull the sheet back over your head? How do you get motivated? I'm a huge believer in like what we need to teach the kids in school. If you feel down, if you feel depressed, if you feel anxious, if you feel lost, it's just drop down, do some push-ups, or do some burpees. I actually made a video about it a couple of weeks ago. We're so far off of what our bodies are supposed to do that our fight or like if you go to therapy, they tell you if you have anxiety, your fight or fight system's broken, and it's broken because we don't chase animals anymore. We don't we don't go out for the fight. We 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 cower away from it. So if you start to feel weird or you start to feel off, like your body is not doing what it's meant to do. You're not eating the foods that you're meant to eat. You're not moving like you're supposed to. So like if I don't feel super motivated, I'll drop down and do 20, 30 burpees. And I promise you after that, you don't have any thoughts in your head besides trying to recover from it. Yeah, absolutely. Your body's made for moving. Absolutely loving this call. Now, in terms of mindset, I know this is a massive part of, of where you're at uh, with your clients. Um, how do you meet your clients where they're at? And uh, who is your ideal client, do you think? So my ideal client... I'll work with anyone, but there mm. has to be somebody that's already started the internal change. Because if you don't start it here, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what I tell you. It doesn't matter what program I give you. I mean, I, I put together a really cool program. Like, I took all my business experience plus my weight loss experience plus my Marine Corps experience and my weight loss and fitness knowledge, and I wrapped it into a giant program. But unless you tell yourself, I'm going to follow this. Yep. Not going to. And that's why I made my price point why I make my price point. Um, most Coaches, they try to get you on an hour-long call, and they try to hide the price. But I charge two ninety-nine a month or $750 for three months. But most people spend 30 to $40 a day on their vices. So if they follow my plan correctly, they can save $2,400 in the next three months just by following my plan. They'll improve their mindset, their body, their physique. They'll get better on a spiritual level, and they'll be able to network with all the other people in the group. And if they have a business, they'll make more money. Um, one of my clients came to me. And he was working for his grandpa making $20 an hour, and he went and started his own business. And I landed mm. him his first construct, construction job, um, and I made him $50,000 in his first month of making his own business. Like, once wow. you start networking with people that have connections and, like, you actually internalize the change, personal development is priceless. Like, my package, I could sell it for a million dollars and save someone's life. If they, if they were worth $10 million, they don't care about the million if it would save them. X amount of like save the relationship, save their marriage. But you'll always have those people like even when I only charge like $30 a month, you'll always get that pushback as I don't have the money. It's too expensive. But changing your life like my mentor for my business coaching, I paid $12,000 for six months. But look, look how fast it changed the trajectory of my life. Absolutely. Now, I tell you, it must be a wonderful feeling um, seeing somebody go through a transformation. How does it make you feel when you see somebody improve their life and start living their best life again? It is literally the best feeling in the world. If you ever notice before and afters, they don't look very happy in their first one. But mm -hmm. when they take that, that they take that after picture, their face the the face tells the story itself. You can see it in their smile, in their body, their stature, their posture. They're standing taller. They're more confident. Yep. And then, like my most successful, like one of my most successful clients, the, the Anthony Davis, I was talking about, that did this construction company. Like that was the craziest feeling to watch him go from twenty dollars an hour 
to being a, you know, five figure a month earner in a couple months just from taking his life serious. Like, cause he, the thing is they all have it in them. They just need someone to bring it back out of them. Cause there's people that I coach, you know, they make 200, 300, $400,000 a year, but they still live paycheck to paycheck because their vices are just beating them down. Yeah, absolutely. Now I touched on it a little earlier, Cole. I'm just wondering in terms of the three dimensions, you've what you've got nutrition mindset and uh, whatever else you're offering in your programs. How do you know what somebody needs when they come to you? Is there some sort of an onboarding process that you take them through? Yeah. So I normally talk to them. Most of my call, I don't even call people. I just talk to them on DMs. Like, cause I don't want to force them to get on a call. Like, I don't want to force anyone to buy my program. Like yeah. I don't want to get you on an hour long call, but Hey, this is the price you need to sign up right now. Or it's going to be 10 times yeah, more expensive that's when you get off this phone. I hate yep. that. Yep. Um, so I'll just ask them. I have a higher level package for like really successful entrepreneurs. That's way more expensive, but that's like, I get on a one-on-one -on -one call with them every day. I break down their entire life. I literally peel their whole entire life back like a onion. Um, but like my, my mid tier program that I was talking about, that's two ninety nine a month. It's, yep. I don't, I don't want to call myself a fitness coach. I want to call myself a mindset coach because I, I, I packages mindset, fitness, nutrition, because if the mindset's not there, it doesn't matter what I teach you about fitness and nutrition. So it always comes back to mindset discipline first, then fitness nutrition. Now, I love what you've done. You've, you've not only said, I'm not forcing anybody, but you've also said, but there's an alternative. And you put together a GoFundMe campaign to help um, get veterans back on track, I guess you'd say. Tell us a little bit about that and, and what the purpose of that is. So another lady gave me the idea. She was a Marine Corps veteran. She just randomly hit me up. She was like, hey, I like your message. Um, do you have any other way I can support? Cause I already have a fitness. She was Jack. She's like in really good shape. She takes fitness super serious. She's like, I don't mm -hmm. need a coach, yep. but I want to be able to support you somehow. Cause you always talk about getting men and veterans sober and bringing masculinity back and me being a Marine Corps veteran. I love that. Um, I'm like, she's like, you should start a GoFundMe. So I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. So if you don't have any, ever want to dive or indulge in the personal development, you have no way that you ever would want to get into fitness but you want to support veterans and not let them fall to the wayside have a gofundme if you go to my instagram it's perry's underscore powerhouse underscore fitness click the link the third link in my bio it says buy a veteran a plan it doesn't matter if you donate one dollar ten dollars or whatever every 750 dollars i i coach and mentor a marine for free i reach out not even just a marine a veteran in general yep. i'll coach them for absolutely free but they have to be willing to, like, so they can either tell me a veteran they have in mind, but obviously the veteran has to say yes. I have a free plan right now if anyone's listening to this that's a veteran, and I have hit up two people so far, and they're just not ready for the change. So I do have a plan right now. Like, think about it. If we could get 10,000 people to donate $20, I could change, like, 300 lives, like, snap of a finger. Just like that. Well, look, you know, the My Future Business uh, mission is helpful people, helping people, so you're in the right place. We've certainly got an audience, including lots of veterans, so if you're on this call, make sure if you're looking for some assistance, some help, uh, somebody to talk to, whatever it might be, certainly reach out to Kyle. Now, tell me, what's the name of your uh, fitness and nutrition program? Is it called Powerhouse? Yeah, so I just call them powerhouse programs um, because at the end of the day, I, I mean, I just like the word um, powerhouse, Perry's powerhouse. Right. I just I liked how it rang. My whole business is Perry's Powerhouse Fitness. I want to go by Kyle Perry. I don't want to go by a brand powerhouse fitness. You know what I mean? I yep. want to have a brand underneath me, but I want to be like Kyle Perry when I'm on stage because like my goal is to be a motivational speaker to change as many lives and push my mission forward. Like there's a bigger mission at hand than just fitness. I want to open up sober camps. This is like down the road though. Yep. Like 
20, like five years down the road. I want to open up sober camp. So what, like, I want to have the VA or uh, America pay for it somehow or give discounts at least to veterans. So they'll come to my sober camp and it'll be 72 hours. I want to call it the 72 hour crucible and they'll, they'll earn a challenge coin. They have to come to eight of them. So let's say I charge $3,000 for all these. Mm-hmm. They come to eight of them, they spend twenty thirty thousand $30,000. And now once they hit their eighth coin, that veteran is allowed to go to his state and open up his own. So now not only did I get that veteran sober, I turned him into a business owner and made it possible in that state to get more veterans sober. So it's a twenty thirty thousand $30,000 investment or whatever we put the price point at to make twenty or $30,000 a month and get other people sober. And then when other veterans see, oh, I can make $20,000 a month and I can get sober, it puts them back on a mission like you can never believe. Because at the end of the day, the best mission that we need to get back on is just a mission of life. Yeah, you certainly have a plan. You're certainly on the right path and you've got a mission and it's a real credit to you, the work that you, you're doing. Please keep it up because I know there's going to be a lot of people that benefit from it. Now, just in closing, Kyle, well, apart from your Instagram profile, is there anywhere else people can reach out to you or is that the main one? So that's really all I use. I mean, I used to have a business page, like an actual uh, business website, but no mm-hmm. one really reaches out to fitness people that way because like if they don't really know you they don't really they're not going to buy your fitness plan my goal is just to be kyle perry of perry's powerhouse fitness and show you so much immense value by you watching my channel and my stories that you just reach out and you're finally ready to make a change well, there you go. Everybody's on this call today. This has just been a, I guess, a, a sneak peek into all the work that Cole's doing now and what he's, he's planning to do in the future with uh, his veteran friends. Now, if you're interested in anything that we've talked about today, I'll be making sure that the link to uh, Cole's Instagram post is available below this uh, interview. No matter where you see it, you're going to find it. So with all that being said, Cole, great call. Thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure.